Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. dude and welcome to not just the sports report today we're going to be jumping into the nrl round 18 preview of course the action kicking off tonight with the cowboys up against the sharks so i'll jump through this preview have it out in time for all the games i feel all right about a lot of my picks this weekend as well so hoping we can go pretty decent somewhat decent and uh we'll be chucking a multi on the not just a sports report multi across nrl AFL and UFC this weekend. If you're keen to check out the multi and maybe even get on board, uh, just send us a message on Instagram at not just a sports report. I'm not going to be posting the multi, but this one is the first official not just a sports report multi. Going to work a little bit on, and yeah, we'll see how how it goes over the weekend. But if you're keen to get involved, then hit us up over on Instagram at not just a sports report. But today, it's all about round 18 in the NRL. If you watched The Origin, you'll know that was one of the greatest games of footy. If you want to hear about my thoughts on that, I've done a separate podcast. So I've already released my Origin 3 review. You can go back and listen to that now. And don't forget to follow us on whatever podcast platform you are listening on. And you'll be able to see as soon as more NRL content drops. Of course, this Sunday, NRL Power the round 18 review will be coming out just after the game, so really keen to get back into the NRL Power Podcast after a couple of weeks off. And as I said, the Origin 3 review out now on all podcast platforms. So I don't expect heaps of players to be backing up from Origin, given the physicality, like how the nature of the game was just so physical. Everyone gave 100% of themselves, so I think we'll see most of those players rested this weekend. And if you've listened to my podcast before, you'll know that I broke this season into three, three lots. So we had round one up until Magic Round. That was my first third of the season. The second third was from after Magic Round and through all of the origin period. So the essential kind of part of the second third of the season for those lower sides, it was to try and keep themselves in touch with the top eight and try and make a run. And for the top sides, it's navigating that origin period and coming out the other side better for it and ready to make your premiership charge. Now that we are here, it is official round 18 kicks off the final third of the season. Now it is business time. The sides in the top eight can begin to think about premiership calculations and where they sit amongst the best teams in the game. And I could not be more excited. So let's now get into the third final part of the season as we come towards finals. Now we know plenty of sides that aren't in the mix down that bottom of the ladder and a couple of sides floating just outside of that top eight that can maybe just maybe make a run. So we're going to see now this final third of the season. I call it business time and checking out the ladder in the finals mix right up the top competing for those top four spots. We've got the Panthers that unless something goes terribly wrong, they will be this year's minor premiers. 
Then you have the Cowboys, who, what a run this season. They are now sitting in second place. You have the Sharks in third, so, or the Storm in third, sorry, Sharks in fourth, and the Broncos in fifth. So Cowboys, Sharks, Storm, and Broncos, they are all competing for the top four spot. It is so vital. Like, you get two chances in the final series. So really keen to see how those sides go. Then in the lower part of the eight, you have the Parramatta Eels, the Rabbitohs, the Dragons, and the Seagulls, who I think the Dragons are just outside the eight now. Uh, so that kind of mix is really interesting as well. Those sides, if they can win, then all of a sudden they can start to peak at the right time of the season. But if they cop a couple of losses, they could drop out of the eight altogether. So really interesting for the Eels, Rabbitohs, Seagulls, and ninth place Dragons. And then you have the Raiders and the Roosters, who time has pretty much run out for, but this is the final third of the season. They basically have to win every game from here. And I think if the Roosters or the Raiders lose this weekend, then that's probably their season over. So hugely critical round 18 for every team in the competition. And looking at the sides whose seasons are over, looking toward 2023, you have the Newcastle Knights, the New Zealand Warriors, the side that I support, I had them in fifth in my preseason predictions. What a dickhead. Um, the Bulldogs, who signed a lot of players going into the season. We were wondering how it was going to turn out. Uh, turned out pretty grim until recently under Mick Potter. Uh, talk that maybe Cameron Seraldo will take the Bulldogs job, though. So I found that a very interesting note. Then you have the Titans, who... If the Cowboys have had the best season in terms of exceeding expectations, well then the Gold Coast have had the shittest because Tigers sit last, but that's actually where I picked them, excuse me, where I picked them to finish at the end of this year. So I'm not that surprised by the Tigers as my throat starts to give up on me. But the Titans, that is like full bed shit territory. And now Justin Holbrook could be gone. So I'm flabbergasted by that and... Titans, the ultimate bedshit season of this year. So that's where everyone stands. Now it is time, business time as I call it, the final third of the season. Let's get into it. And what better place to start than an absolute banger of an early Friday clash? I don't think the fixture makers were considering that the Cowboys were going to explode this year when they scheduled them for a lot of Friday 6pm clashes. But we have a banger in Townsville, the second place Cowboys hosting the fourth placed Sharks. Now, this is going to be incredible. Cowboys having the season of a lifetime, whilst for the Sharks, they're doing pretty similar under their new coach, Craig Fitzgibbon. And signs suggest that they are only going to get better as the years go on. So both sides in a really, really good place. They've exceeded my expectations this year and they're both going for those top four spots. So they could definitely play in the first week of finals if they're both in the top four. There are plenty of different options that could go down and we're gonna see how they go testing each other's skills this Friday night, tonight, in like an hour and a half, probably less by the time you listen to it. So. Now for both sides, I'm not getting ahead of myself. Their premiership push begins. 
the side, these sides aren't just here to lose to Penrith or to lose to Melbourne when it comes to the big games, despite what some people in the media are saying. I'm I'm full full believer, a full believer in the North Queensland Cowboys, and the Sharks are making me a believer by the week. Both these sides having beaten the Melbourne Storm this season as well, and now up against each other, we're going to get to see a great test of where they are at. Of course, we know the Cowboys will have some outs, but for the Sharks, they are not as affected at all by Origin, so I think they're in pretty good stead heading to Townsville tonight. You've got Todd Payton up against Craig Fitzgibbon. Payton, absolutely a lock for Coach of the Year this year, whilst Craig Fitzgibbon, whose name I can't say, Craig Fitzgibbon, um, he's just made a massive difference to the Cronulla Sharks. It made all the sense in the world when they signed him, although it was quite unceremonious the way they got rid of John Morris, but it's paying off. Craig Fitzgibbon, long term, he is absolutely the man for the job. And for the Origin backups, it was a very tough ask, so I don't believe anyone is backing up in this game. Um, now, Tom Gilbert was named. I'll go through the teams now. Tom Gilbert's named, but I don't know if he's actually going to play tonight. Let's see if any update to the teams come out. So Tom Gilbert's still named in the back row, so he will back up, but we may see them do a switch and Luciano Leilua come into the starting side. We also, for the Cowboys, see Tom Dearden being rested after his spectacular Origin debut in the win for Queensland, so that sees the experienced Ben Hampton come into the side at 5'8". And I spoke about this a little bit earlier in the season when the Cowboys were missing their origin players. And what they do have is experienced guys that are coming in. They do have some very great young talents. But specifically for some of these key positions, I found that they have experienced heads who know what the NRL is all about. So it's not like they're having to kind of call on these guys who haven't been tested at NRL level before. Ben Hampton, he's played plenty of times there. We see that Brendan Elliott has been named as well, who he's played a stack of first grade at a handful of different clubs as well. So Brendan Elliott in on the wing. We've got Ben Hampton playing 5'8". And Connolly Lemuelu is going to be starting in the back row in place of Jeremiah Nanai has been rested. We know Jordan McLean has that hamstring injury. And so Jermaine Taunoa-Brown moves into the starting side. Valentine Holmes also out. And we see Thomas Chester, very quality young kid. He's going to be making his first grade debut. I believe he can play in the halves, but in the trials this year, preseason, Tom Chester played at fullback. So I'm interested to see how they decide to use him, but congratulations to the Cowboys player, Thomas Chester, on his debut. Really keen to see how he goes tonight. As for the Sharks, they are significantly less hampered by the origin period, so navigating that wasn't as big a challenge, and they're going to be really, really set on their premiership goal in this third part of the season, business time. I'm going to just call it business time from now on. We see Nico Hines and Toby Rudolph are back, so they were huge outs last weekend up against the Storm, but they still managed to get the win, which was huge. Now, Rudolph and Hines coming back, that is a really timely boost given that they are traveling to Townsville, a side where the conditions are tough, or a place, sorry, and it's a tough side to beat this year, so I think it's a really timely boost getting Nico Hines, Toby Rudolph back, 
And we see Sifa Talakai, he is on the bench. So he will back up from Origin, but going to be playing off the bench rather than the centers. For the Sharks, they are coming off the best win of their season over the Storm. They absolutely romped Melbourne, similar to how the Cowboys did earlier this season. So that's why I genuinely believe that both these sides could win the Premiership this year. I'm an optimistic person. Any side in that top eight can win it. And obviously Penrith have the best chance, but the other sides that can make it into the top four, they have the next best chance. And that, in my opinion, is a very, very, very good chance. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm very excited, especially for the Cowboys, but the Sharks are real danger team for North Queensland. Looking at the Cowboys last weekend, they had the bye, and overall, they have been the surprise packets of 2022. So in my preseason prediction, I had them sitting second last, and right now they sit second. So literally, there has been no team in the NRL that has impressed me or blown me away more than the Cowboys. And their whole core group are young, and now a lot of them origin players. So this isn't like a flash in the pan kind of thing where it's like, just some rogue season where they've managed to click into gear for one year. Like, this looks like it's building into something special. So, very, very excited about the Cowboys. Also, super pumped about Cronulla and their chances this year. To the talking points. Now, let's jump in to some talking points. The Cowboys have lost their last seven games against the Cronulla Sharks. So, we do know that the home ground this year has been awesome for the Cowboys. They've looked really, really good there. And sides have been troubled by those hot Townsville conditions as well. So last seven games, Sharks have won. Definitely take that into account. I'm really on the fence on this game as to who I'm going to go for. If it was full strength, I'd like the Cowboys. But yeah, the Sharks, I think they're going to be a really tricky away side to beat for the Cowboys. And yeah, that's a major stat. Cowboys losing their last seven up against the Sharks. Their last win up against the Sharks for the Cowboys. That was round one, 2018. Jonathan Thurston still playing. So look, I think they're going to be pumped. It's a different season. They have a lot of belief in themselves. So I think they will be pumped to get that win. But ultimately, it is going to be a big ask without these Origin players. And then when you look at recent form, it does suggest that the Cronulla Sharks are a real danger side for the second place Cowboys. Both sides are in fine form. They're looking for their fifth consecutive victory, both of them. So four straight wins, they're in great form. This is one of the games of the round and we are not far away from kickoff. So this one could potentially be the best game of the round. And how good, it's almost kickoff time. Both of them 100% in the mix finals wise. Top four is the goal and the sky's the limit from there. So now this business time part of the series or season going toward the final series, this is where they need to kick into gear. This is where dreams can become a reality. Now there's belief in both outfits. They've got great young coaches, great young players. And it's a very bright future for both sides. But why wait for the future when you could just absolutely go for it now? So excited for both teams, excited for both sets of fans. Warriors are what, like 14th? I've got to be excited for someone. So very excited for Cowboys and Sharks. 
and excited for my most valuable player in this game. That is Nico Hines. As I said, super timely boost. He's been signed as their marquee player. And in 2022, Nico Hines has delivered. So he's my most valuable player here. I think his return to the side is going to be a major boost in what should be a very tough fixture. And I'm expecting some Nico Hines magic. So Nico Hines, my most valuable player. Townsville conditions, that's definitely something that's going to play a part as well. Do take into account there might be some humidity, some drop balls. The Sharks, their discipline is going to need to be at an all-time high. But what gives me confidence in them is that Craig Fitzgibbon, he seems like a coach that is kind of synonymous with something like discipline. So I think Sharks are actually in a really good place to come to a really tough place to play and get the job done at Queensland Country Bank Stadium. Opposing the Sharks, Chad Townsend in the number seven jersey, one of the buys of the year, if not the buy of the year for the Cowboys. And he's the only person to have ever played number seven halfback and win a premiership for the Sharks. So bit ominous there. He's up against my most valuable player, Nico Hines. And hey, maybe Nico can ask the Chad for some advice post-game, like, brother, how did you do it? Because Chad Townsend, he has a big relationship. He's a Sharks junior, and it's going to be interesting because he got dropped last year under the interim coach Josh Henne, finished the year out at the Warriors, and I think Chad Townsend, he's going to be out to kind of, you know, say to the Sharks, remember me, this is where I am now, and I actually love Townsville. These boys are dope, so... Really excited for the battle between Nico Hines and Chad Townsend, but my key battle for this one, and this could have implications on the New South Wales Blues side going forward in the next couple of years, Reese Robson up against Blake Braley. Both of them kind of sniffing around as emerging prospects to play dummy half for the Blues, and in the next World Cup cycle, they could really start to make their claim. So they've both been having career best years, Specifically, Reese Robson as well. We're finally starting to see why there was so much hype about him coming through the grades. And I think that's going to be a big battle. Not only do they have to defend in the middle, but their side relies on their service and also their creativity to really create opportunities. So key battle for this one, I have gone with Reese Robson up against Blake Braley. My point of difference is the outs for the Cowboys. All their origin players rested, except Tom Gilbert at this stage. Um, up against a shark side, who then they don't have anyone missing. Like Talakai played origin, but he's back on the bench. And Nico Hines, who'd been in the squad but hadn't played origin, he's back as well. So I think those are some point of differences, especially Cowboys having their origin guys out. So it's time for me to make a prediction. I was actually going to go the Cowboys, but yeah, the more I think about it, I think Cronulla Sharks, I really do, I just think the it's going to be a big mountain to climb, and Cowboys may not lose many games going forward for the rest of the season, but if they are to lose one, I think this could be the one, so Cronulla Sharks, I'm going to take them, I will be interested, like if Cowboys win this, then again, like once again, they're just going to prove me wrong and exceed my expectations, and even any little doubt I have in them, they continue to seem to erase. But I'm going to go Cronulla Sharks. Let's see how they go 
testing themselves up against each other, taking Cronulla over North Queensland in the early Friday game. But I think it should be a close one, and I think the quality is going to be very high. Speaking of very high, you would have to be very high to put your money on the Warriors in this next game. The Friday night clash, we have the Combank Stadium, one of the classic bank stadiums named after a bank. Um, I want to call it something else. I always go to call it Bank West, but I'm like, that was also a bank. Anyway, the sixth place Eels, one of the most inconsistent sides in the competition. They beat the best sides. They lose to the shittest side, so maybe Warriors are in with a chance here. Sixth place, Parramatta, up against the 13th place, New Zealand Warriors. Now, in some bright news that I am actually really happy about, Warriors have finalised their decision on who their coach is going to be going forward, signing Andrew Webster, who is an assistant at the Panthers at the moment, and he also was an interim coach at the Tigers when they sacked someone, it's, I'm trying to think, who they've sacked pretty much everyone, haven't they? So I can't remember exactly when Andrew Webster came in, but he's also been at the Warriors before as an assistant under Andrew McFadden. So yeah, Andrew Webster, good coach. I'm actually really keen to see how he goes. Let's give him some time to just work it all out. And on the topic of time, uh, for Reese Walsh, it's time to go next year, unfortunately. So yeah, last weekend was the bye, but Reese Walsh leaving, I've already kind of spoken about it. I've had a week to come, come to terms with it and whatever. He's doing it for his daughter, whatever. If we were like even an inkling of being a credible team and like a top eight chance, other than it was, you know, really, really admirable what they did staying away from home, but actual results wise, uh, if any of the results were there, then maybe I'd be like, oh, Reese Walsh, why are you leaving? But, like, I'd probably leave. I'd probably fucking leave at this stage, to be honest, if I was at the Warriors. So thankful for the blokes that are staying. Guys like Josh Curran, obviously the captain, Torhu Harris, and a bit of an unheralded player, Wade Egan, who's another one of those Australians who, look, he's just gone about his business. So I'm a huge fan of Wade Egan. Huge fan of Chan's Nicole Cookstad as well, who he's coming back to the club next year. And we're playing in Sydney here, but now Mount Smart Stadium back in full effect. So happy days as a Warriors fan, kinda. For the Eels, same thing. Happy days, kinda. Very inconsistent this season. Glimpses of absolute premiership winning material and also glimpses of shit the bed, more than glimpses, a few shit the beds, to the point where, like, you should have, they, someone needs to have, like, an intervention, because the bed shitting is getting a bit out of control for a side that is the only team to beat the Panthers, that were the first team this season to beat the Melbourne Storm, and now this is the final third of the season, this is business time, so the time is now, it's, it's running out, the time's now, if Eels keep playing like they have this year and just alternate wins and losses, then a side that I felt could genuinely push for the premiership this year, I, I won't have that much hope. And I've spoken about how I'm optimistic, how any side can win in the final series. And Parramatta still can, absolutely. But if they play like they have in the first two thirds of the season, then 
I, I don't think I don't think it's going to happen. And a few of these players are leaving. More than a few of these players, except maybe Isaiah Papali'i. Watch this space. Um, but yeah, I, I think the time's now. Not just for this year, but like in general. I don't know if they're going to have as good an opportunity next year. So time's now. If they lose to the Warriors, I'm, I'm fucking flat out not here. Like I will be shocked. Warriors, not so much a test, but I am interested to see how the Eels approach this game. Junior Paolo's been named, and Regan Campbell-Gillard has surely been stewing, missing out on those two Origin games, and, ah, like, they lost as well, the Blues. I I think it's a bad time to match up against the Eels. I think the Warriors, they're going to have two very fired-up middle forwards on their hands, and we see as well, team-wise... Jake Arthur back on the bench for the first time in quite a while. For the New Zealand Warriors, Justin Morgan. It seems like he's going to take over as coach. Stacey Jones, COVID-related issues, so he won't be there. Speaking of COVID, Dallin Watene is a Lesniak. He is also out of the side with Edward Kosey coming onto the wing. Um, I think he's more suited to the right wing as well. And I don't really want to bring it up because he's young and I'm keen. Hopefully he bounces back like I'm not dragging him. But the game I was at Anzac Day this year when we lost 70-10 to against the Storm, Kosi had a shocker and I think that was the last time he played. So that doesn't fill me with heaps of confidence. But at the same time, he actually has been killing it at Queensland Cup level. So I'm going to back him in. I'm a supporter. That's what we do. We support. We don't bag too much. So, Edward Kosey, welcome back. Welcome back to the side. DWZ out. And we have Ronald Volkman out as well. Chanel Harris-Tavita. He will start. And then he's going to leave the club next year. He has decided he would rather pursue writing, which he's passionate about, and travel. Which, again, like, if the results were there for the Warriors, it'd be like, no, Chanel, stay. But it's like, fuck, no doubt, no doubt. What would you enjoy more? If you're passionate about writing and you want to write or playing at a club and being a young half where a lot of pressure's on you and the club's like a basket case. So, yeah, go and write Chanel Harris-Tavita. No hate on this front. And hopefully he comes back. But if he doesn't, like, hopefully he's just doing what's best for him. But... What's best for the Warriors this weekend is that Chanel starts in the 5'8 jersey. Now, my key battle in this one, that is going to be right in the thick of it, in the middle. I've got Junior Paolo and RCG up against Torhu Harris and Adam Fanua Blake. I think this is where the game's going to be won and lost, other than the halves as well. And as I mentioned, Junior Paolo and RCG, they are both going to be very fired up. Where for Torhu Harris and Adenfanor Blake, the last couple of weeks have been more about settling back home and getting into New Zealand and now coming back to Sydney and there's not much hope for the rest of the season. Like there's not a competition points don't really mean a whole lot other than trying to avoid the wooden spoon. So that's going to be a really big battle because you know that Torhu Harris and Adenfanor Blake are going to bring it and you know that Paolo and RCG are going to bring it, but... From the Warriors' standpoint, it's like, are all the guys around them going to bring it? I don't know, but I'm a supporter, so hopefully they do. Now, for the last games, Eels beat the Tigers last weekend. 
Whilst the Warriors, they had the bye, but they also beat the Tigers in their last game. Tigers only putting two points on the board in that one. In the return to Mount Smart, so that was an amazing moment, my favourite moment of the season. And now we get to cast our eye forward a little bit to the future. Point of difference in this one, eel spine. I just think, yeah, when the battle is in the middle, you need a spine that can really take advantage of it. And whilst I like the Warriors spine, um, I just think, I think they're going to get outclassed here and outgunned. I like Clint Gutherson at the back for the Eels. He's a great support player, and I think he can cause the Warriors a lot of issues. Then you have Dylan Brown, a Kiwi, the New Zealand Kiwis 5'8", um, and Mitchell Moses, who is a gun. Then you have Reed Marnie at dummy half as well, so I, I think there's a lot of points there. And Warriors have proven that they can leak a lot of points as well, so point of difference will be Parramatta's spine in my opinion. Now for talking points, Eels, as I said, the time is now. This is a must-win game for their top four push. Like, there's still a chance from outside the top four, but they, like, realistically, the sides they've beaten, like, the on they are the only team to have beaten the Panthers, and they beat a pretty much full-strength Storm outfit as well. And then, the, yeah, they just have these baffling games against the lower sides, so... Now it's business time. They absolutely have to get past the Warriors. And in my opinion, they have to, like, it should be relatively easy. No game in the NRL is easy, but what I've seen from the Warriors all year, like, the Eels absolutely, without any doubt in my mind, have to win this game and should win this game. But things have to click into gear. You can't just flick a switch and hope you're going to come into the right form in finals time, because you're going to have to win four consecutive games. So how do you do that when you can't even win back-to-back -back games? So time is now. They beat the Tigers. If they can get past the Warriors, then going forward, they give themselves a chance next weekend to try and go three wins in a row and do exactly what I've talked about what they need to do and peak at the perfect time of the season. So it remains to be seen They've had criticism of them in the past about having an awesome start to the season and then fading out at the back end. So who knows? Maybe Brad Arthur, this is by design. Maybe he is trying to prepare them to be the best possible version of themselves at the end of the season, at the right end of the season, rather than starting strong and fading out at the end. So I don't know if the fading out all season so far was part of the design, but maybe, just maybe, Brad Arthur, he's got a plan, and this is the plan, to have them playing their best footy coming towards September. So, even though it's July, now's the time. Now's the fucking time, as I said. So, that's where I'm at with the Eels. If they lose this, like, as I said, I am not here. For the Warriors, they did beat the Tigers in Auckland, but they've lost their last seven games in Australia, so... Very, very poor. I don't give them much of a chance here. And the Eels, they made a premiership pact. So fucking, you can't do something like that and not win a premiership. So, I mean, if you make a premiership pact and you lose to the Tigers this season, the Bulldogs and the Warriors, like, that's no pact. That's not a correct pact, in my opinion. What is correct, though? Most valuable player, Mitch Moses. Eels want to keep him. He is 
the most valuable halfback for them, and a lot of sides, I'm sure, will be eyeing him off. But in this game, I think he's the player that can absolutely tear us to shreds. So MVP Mitchell Moses, in my opinion, hopefully this game is close. Could get ugly, though. It could definitely get ugly. So fingers crossed, but my prediction... I'm going to go with the Warriors. Nah, I'm going to go with the Eels. Unfortunately, uh, I've gone the Warriors too many times. And now I've learned my lesson. It's like, instead of the boy who cries wolf, it's the guy who tips the Warriors. And the results are arguably worse. Like, yeah, it fucked my tipping. I was top of the tipping. And yeah, thanks, Warriors. And thanks to myself, really, for keeping the faith. Now, going the Eels in Friday night action... They will be far too good, have way more to play for, and I think they're going to get it done convincingly. Kicking off Super Saturday on the Central Coast, we've got the 10th placed Roosters, who are host, oh, sponsored rather by Steggles, the chicken company, so that is a really, really fitting sponsorship. 10th place Roosters up against the 9th place Dragons, who are sponsored by St. George Bank. Kind of fitting, but also a bank. So, um, look, if this game was down to the more apt sponsor, I'd be going the 10th place Roosters, but there's so much more at stake here. It's 10th up against 9th. There are true finals implications here. Both these sides sitting outside the top 8 as well. One of, or two of only three sides sitting outside of that finals mix who can still qualify. So this is as must-win as it gets. And last time they met on Anzac Day, Dragons got it done 14-12. to So that was another one of the games in a season full of them where the Roosters missed the mark. And I thought they, I picked them as the Premiers this year. So I thought they were going to go significantly better did not see them sitting in 10th place at this stage of the season. And for the Dragons, I had them finishing in 11th, I believe. I did think they could be dark horses in the finals mix. So they have impressed me. They sit in 9th, but they are still right in that mix when it comes to qualifying for finals. No Luke Carey for the Roosters. That is a big talking point. I genuinely think, like, something is afoot there. I've said it every week now. Uh, something's afoot there. There we go. Business time. Something is afoot with Luke Carey. But that allows Joey Manu to stay in that number six jersey where you just want Joey Manu getting his hands on the ball as much as humanly possible. So I am a huge proponent of the Joey Manu shift into the halves. And it's huge for the top eight. Whoever wins this actually genuinely can start to work out, okay, how many, how many games do we have to win? Who have we got coming up on the road to the finals? But the loser, that puts them in pretty bad stead. For the Roosters, they lose here. I think they miss the eight. Like, I think that is it for them. For the Dragons, if they lose here, then it, it could just be another classic fade-out right at the back end of the year. Although they still have impressed at stages. So, massive, massive game. You could argue this is the biggest game for both sides in their season so far. And the Roosters are two points behind the Dragons, so they need it that little bit more. And Manly as well on equal points with the Dragons. Manly play Knights this weekend, you'd have to assume. 
Manly beat the Knights, so if Dragons lose here, then Roosters are on equal points with them. Manly get a little jump ahead of them and keep their spot in the top eight, so crucial game. This is the definition of a crucial game. Also, on an unrelated note, just saw that Sifa Telekai in that Sharks game, he is not going to be playing. So I said he was going to be on the bench, but he has not been named. He's actually been omitted from the side. So there you go, but let's get back now. Roosters up against Dragons, checking out the teams. For the Roosters, Tedesco, Tupo, and Angus Crichton have all been named to back up, so that'll be really interesting. Lindsay Collins will not play after suffering a HIA in origin, which means that Matt Lodge, who's just signed with the Roosters, he could be in line to make his debut for the club. So really interesting to see how Matt Lodge goes at the, um, not at the Dragons, sorry, against the Dragons. And another point for the Roosters, looking at their team, their centres. Obviously, Joey Manu shifted out. They've gone with Paul Momorowski and Billy Smith. So I'm interested to see how that works out. And I actually think it could work out really well for them. For the Dragons, Ben Hunt has been named. He will be on a high. He is my hero. You're my hero, Ben Hunt, if you're listening. If you're not, you're still my fucking hero. Um, Michaeli Ravalawa is out, and Tautau Moga is in on the right wing. So a little bit of a change there. Will be interesting to see whether Ben Hunt does back up, but I think this is such a crucial game, so we will see all the players back up. My key battle... Fullback, they're not going to be directly opposing each other, but James Tedesco, he brings it every game. We saw that in Origin 3. And Cody Ramsey, who has now been positioned to be the Dragons' long-term fullback, got a lot to learn before he could reach the heights of someone like a James Tedesco. But that is my key battle, because you know James Tedesco is going to bring it. So the ball is in Cody Ramsey's court. I think Cody Ramsey can really get on the front foot in attack, and defense, very important in this game, then I think the Dragons are a big chance of winning. So Cody Ramsey up against James Tedesco, who's having to back up from an extremely physical game. That is my key battle in this one. Last weekend, Chooks had the bye, but they are coming off four straight losses, and they've lost five of their past six. So Rooster's actually in awful form when you look at it. Hopefully the change of Joey Manu to 5'8", Sam Walker to halfback, that actually looks quite good and they look much better positioned now to make a bit of a run for it. My most valuable player in this one, if he plays, I think he will, my most valuable player of the week, of the year, of Queensland, of fucking my life, Ben Hunt. He's the most valuable player. Dragons absolutely need him here. So if he takes the field... Dragons a significantly better chance of getting the win. Talking points, I think like overall, Roosters have been very disappointing this year. I think they'll go a lot better for having Brandon Smith next year. They're still trying to cope with losing a lot of legendary players from their side. So it takes a bit of time. And for the Dragons, well... Anthony Griffin's taken a different approach. He signed a lot of experienced players. They have a lot of quality young players as well. And we're seeing all of that kind of come together. So Dragons overall, I think they're doing a better job than the Roosters are for where both sides are at. But now coming into the business part of the season, it's time to see 
where are these sides really at? Because we know the Roosters, they are accustomed to peaking at this time of year. And the Dragons, there are question marks. So now it is really important. Obviously, Dragons looking to rebound. They had their two-game win streak ended last weekend up against the Broncos. And they need to be much, much better. So, look, it is going to be one hell of a game. The Luke Carey, something is afoot there with the Roosters. I'll say that once again. And Trent Robinson up against Anthony Griffin. Tactically, how is this going to work out? What is Trent going to try and do? Is he going to change much? Because it certainly hasn't been working for the Roosters this year. And for Anthony Griffin and the Dragons. He's been at the helm for a little bit now. And he's had quite a bit of season to work out exactly what his best side looks like. This should be it. In if, if he's being serious, obviously this should be the best side possible that he can name in his opinion. So now... Let's see where they're at. It's time to see where these sides are at. And it's time for my point of difference. And that is the Roosters back three. Joseph Suwali, James Tedesco, and Daniel Tupo. I'm picking all three to be in for a huge game here. And look, that is why I'm going to take the Roosters here. Dragons still definitely a chance, especially if Ben Hunt backs up. But I don't know, maybe I have too much faith in the Roosters this year because I did pick them to be my premiers, which definitely seems out of the question now, but I still I still think they're good. I still think they, they're beatable now and they don't have that same aura, but I am still ultimately in awe of the Roosters, their systems, their players, and their potential of what they could accomplish, even from the lower part of the top eight. So for that reason, and what I expect to be a pretty close game, I'm going to be taking the Sydney Roosters over the Dragons. And yeah, I, I think I think Joey Manu, Joey Manu man of the match. I'm feeling some Joey Manu magic here. And Sam Walker, he's going to be on a high after being in the Origin camp and getting to celebrate with the Queensland boys. So I think the Roosters halves in for a big game. I'm going to go Joey Manu, man of the match. I'm going to take Billy Smith, anytime try scorer. And ultimately, head to head, I'm going to be taking the Sydney Roosters. Up next on Super Saturday at 1234 Pines Park the home of the Manly Seagulls, also known as Brookvale Oval. We have the 8th-placed Manly side hosting the 12th-placed Knights, who the best out of a bad bunch down the bottom of the ladder, but they are not in contention for finals. Manly are, though, and after finally shaking that flat-track bully tag in that win against the Storm, now this is a simply must-win game for the boys from Brookvale. Desla... Desla? Fucking hell. Des Hasler and co, they are ready for a huge lift. Fuck it, let's call him Desla. Desla is a super coach. He knows what he's doing. He's taken his side, and this manly side specifically, to premiership glory before. He's taken the Bulldogs and the Seagulls to grand finals. And look, he has a proven track record. So now, in the business end of the season, let's see what Des Hasler can come up with. He has flown under the radar with this side all season. And after beating the Storm, now, who knows? Let's have a look. And now, at least we know they can beat a top eight side. So 
a little bit more legitimacy now in the Seagulls who find themselves in the eight, mainly off the back of wins against crappy teams like the Newcastle Knights. So this is a must-win game for the Seagulls who are keeping the same 17 that beat Melbourne and look, they've shaken the flat track tag. So now I guess Seagulls fans starting to get a little bit excited and if you want to talk excitement, Daily Cherry Evans, captain of Queensland, coming off that series, he's going to be backing up. He will be pumped for this one, and Jake Trebojevic backing up as well. For the Knights, Kalen Ponga, Dane Gagai, and Jacob Saifidi have all been named to back up. Will be interesting to see, though, after such a physical game, whether they do play in a game that honestly doesn't have a heap of bearing like it doesn't really matter knights they're not going to finish last they're not going to finish anywhere near the eight but maybe that that's what they're trying just to get a few rungs higher on the ladder but ultimately i don't know if you need to play these guys we will see if they play though i know who is going to play and that is Jaden braley he has been named to start in the number nine jersey that is a game-changing inclusion for the newcastle side for the Knights, their finals hopes done and dashed for 2022. They can now look forward to next year. And last time these sides met, it was in round five this year. Newcastle at home getting belted by the Seagulls 30 points to six. In this game, look, my key battle, I've gone the halves. Kieran Foran and Daly Cherry Evans, they are very much a proven combination. They've won a premiership together. DCE is going to be on a high. Kieran Foran is going to want to finish his Seagulls tenure with a finals performance, at least a finals campaign. So that will be interesting to watch. Up against Anthony Milford, who, look, he can produce the goods. We do know that. And Adam Clune. So that is my key battle. If the Knights halves can stand up, then they are a massive chance of winning this game. But I think ultimately you've got to give that battle to the Seagulls. So I'm expecting that to be a real tipping point. The combination of Kieran Foran and Daly Cherry Evans. As for their last games, Manly had the bye. But their last game, they beat the Storm as I mentioned. Whilst the Knights, they lost 40-28 to up against the Rabbitohs last weekend. In this game, my MVP is the same as it was for Origin. It ended up being correct, so why, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. My most valuable player for the Newcastle Knights, Kalen Ponga. Now, he's backing up, so I'm not expecting him to absolutely kill it this weekend, but the development and the time spent with Billy Slater and playing with great guys around him at Origin level... Kalen Ponga is going to be so much better for it. So my most valuable player in this game, Kalen Ponga for the Knights. And as far as talking points, now that Manly have shaken that flat track bullies tag, they can start to try and make a premiership push from the bottom of the eight. But this is a vital game. They absolutely must win it. They've got their origin players backing up. Their finals run begins now in this final third of the season. Can they get it done? My point of difference for the Seagulls, I've gone Haumoli Olakawatu. I think he's in for a big game. He's a damaging ball runner. And I think the Knights are going to have their hands full. Might even get on Haumoli Olakawatu for any time try scorer. And in my opinion, Manly are playing for a purpose. Whilst the Knights, their best players, are backing up from a grueling origin game. So... 
Look, Knights, they're organising their Mad Monday plans. Seagulls, they are trying to salvage their season. And for that reason, I'm taking Manly. I'm going to be going with the Seagulls on Super Saturday over the Knights. I just think they have more to play for. And they've proven that they can beat the sides that are about where the Knights sit on the table. So with that being said, taking the Manly Seagulls over the Newcastle Knights. Now let's get in to the Super Saturday night fixture. This one could be a real danger game, I'm telling you. But look, nonetheless, let's get into it. Saturday night, the Queensland Derby. Alright, I've got Saturday night fever. It's not COVID related, I promise. This is pure Saturday night fever. I will not have to isolate. And if I am isolating, it's going to be because I'm inside on Saturday night watching Gold Coast Titans up against the Broncos on the Gold Coast. And to think, ten, nearly 10 years ago, running riot at schoolies on the Gold Coast. What a concept schoolies is, seriously. Like, you just let a whole bunch of kids who don't know shit um, have only known school and, yeah, have just let them fucking run riot on the Gold Coast. What a concept, what a concept, schoolies. Anyway, speaking of the Gold Coast, we have the 15th place Titans hosting the 5th place Brisbane Broncos. Very contrasting seasons for the Queensland sides, with the Titans on a 6-game losing skid, whilst the Broncos, they were on a 7-game winning run before dropping their last two. So, Broncos having an awesome, phenomenal season, whilst the Titans having a shit one, no doubt. Last time they met was round 12, and the Titans got up 24-4. They totally had that game in the bag. Classic bad shit moment. They gave up a 20-point lead. Broncos chased them down, 35-24 full-time. Broncos just proving that they are a much better side than the Titans. Looking at the teams for this one, Tino Fasul Malawi has been named to back up. He is the captain, but gee whiz, he got through plenty of work on Wednesday night. Sosefo Fafita, he's been named on the wing. Very quality, prodigious young talent. Never know, not just a Sports Report Rising Star Award. Nominations still happening. And speaking of nominations, Zach Hosking from the Broncos. Um, he was my round 17 nomination, so he has joined the other 16 young players. And at the end of the season, if you this, this is your first time listening, end of the season, there is going to be a poll. I will do a Not Just a Sports Report awards. And one of them is going to be the NRL Rising Star. So plenty of rookies. You can only be nominated once. Still some stellar players yet to earn a nomination. Joseph Suwali, Will Penasini are a couple that come to mind. Um, but Zach Hosking, he was nominated last round. And at the end of the season, we will have a top four and you'll get to vote on it. And the, whoever gets voted the winner will be the Not Just a Sports Report rising star. So as it stands, and there are a couple of guys who could potentially push into the top four, but right now the top four, we have Jeremiah Nanai from the Cowboys, Selwyn Cobbo from the Broncos, and the Panthers left side pair, Isaac Tago and Taylin May. So it's an exciting race for the rising star. And we see Sosefo Fafida named on the wing for the Titans. So he could very well pick up a nomination should the Titans win here. And speaking of some backline additions, Philip Sami and Corey Thompson back in the fold. So those are two big ins for the Gold Coast side. And we see them make a couple of changes to really key positions. 
Firstly, Tana Boyd to 5'8". For years, he was spoken about as this, like, amazing young kid who could be the next big thing. So it's been interesting watching his career development. We will see how he goes at 5'8", because ultimately, I have been keeping an eye on Tana Boyd for quite a while now. That sees Paul Turner move to the bench, and the major key position change, Aaron Clark, he goes to the bench, Aaron Booth starts in the number nine, which is exactly where I've been pinpointing Gold Coast's issues in attack. Defensively, they're fucking shite across the board, but in attack, they've really missed that creativity from acting half. So Aaron Booth, that is a major in. I'm really intrigued to see how he goes in the dummy half position. For the Brisbane Broncos, Corey Oates and Patrick Carrigan, they've been named as part of an extended squad. I think up against the lowly placed Titans, Kevin Walters, he'll be considering his options, whether he needs to bring them in. I think the guys they have can get the job done, just like they did up against the Dragons last game. Tessie New has been retained at fullback. Be interesting to see what happens with him going forward, given that Reese Walsh is at the club next year and Selwyn Cobbo, but New had a fantastic game. He could have been nominated for the Rising Star, but... Unfortunately, he debuted a couple of years ago, so not eligible. Um, But yeah, he killed it last weekend at fullback. So really keen to see how he goes in this one for the Broncos. And on the wings, Deloise Hoyter and Jordan Pereira, who both experienced, they've grinded. Pereira particularly is a really quality player. And Hoyter has been... He's bided his time. Like, I have watched him as a young junior in the Tigers' under-20s, probably about the same time Luke Brooks was in the under-20s, and I just kind of followed his career, and he spent some time in Queensland Cup, really found a home at the Wynnum Manly Seagulls, or Seagulls, sorry, and yeah, I actually rate him, so I think they are quality wingers for the Broncos, and we see that Selwyn Cobbo and Kurt Capewell have both been rested. I mean... Capewell's been carrying injuries all year, and Cobbo got fucking knocked out, so that makes total sense. What also makes total sense is that in the business part of the season, Brisbane now look for their top four aspirations, a stunning season that we didn't really see on the cards, or at least I didn't see it on the cards, but now it is well and truly on the cards. They are competing for a spot inside the top four. You've got Cowboys and Sharks facing each other, so... One side will win. They'll probably hope the Cowboys win that just because they're already second. And Broncos with a win if the Sharks lose. Brisbane could finish this round in the top four. So, so much is on the line in this game. And for my key battle, I've gone the Brisbane Broncos marquee man, Adam Reynolds. And when you look at the Rabbitohs season, one of the biggest question marks, if not the biggest question mark, was the decision to let Adam Reynolds walk away from the club. You've seen Lachlan Ilias, who, a quality young player, he's definitely going to come along. They've also signed Jai Gray, a really good young Queensland player who plays in the halves, could even crack this team, like, first team next year. Um, But Lachlan Ilias, like, that has been a major talking point, the loss of Adam Reynolds. And the Broncos have had that gain. He's taken that challenge on of taking a previous powerhouse back to the top from their lowest point and he is doing that so you've got to commend him on it it's been a phenomenal journey and in that token like the Rabbitohs huge loss has been the Broncos massive gain 
And in this key battle, on the other side of the coin, you have Toby Sexton, who there's more parallels and similarities to him and Ilias than Adam Reynolds, given that he's a young half, there's been an experienced, proven halfback leave the Titans in Jamal Fogarty, and now Toby Sexton's been left to shoulder the workload, and it hasn't worked. So long-term, he's the guy, but that, that's been the biggest question mark. So my key battle here, and one that I think hugely favors the Broncos, unless Adam Reynolds picks up a knock in this game, I think that's the halfback, key battle position. And Adam Reynolds, he's experienced. He's got a phenomenal kicking game. He, he's got runs on the board. Like, he is everything Toby Sexton should aspire to be eventually. Like, he could look at Adam Reynolds, and I think that is a great example of eventually, once he's developed and had some experience and time in first grade, where he could get to. So, key battle is the halfback position. A young, prodigious half with a lot of pressure on his shoulders, but also someone who I have full faith in eventually putting all the right pieces together. Also a young player eligible, but that has not yet picked up a nomination this season for the Rising Star Award. And then you have Adam Reynolds, a premiership winning halfback. He is taking Broncos back to the top. So that's my key battle in this one. And what else have we got? Last up, Broncos, of course, they beat the Dragons. Massive win, no Pat Carrigan, no Payne Haas, and no, none of their origin players. So that that was huge. That was huge. Dragons had a lot more of a full-strength side. And the Broncos, they have made leaps and bounds of improvements this year in just one year. So I've loved it. I'm so happy for Kevy Walters. In the preseason prediction I did for the Broncos, I had them finishing 12th, but I was like, I said, I really hope Kevin Walters does well. I don't want him to be down the bottom of the ladder and be one of those guys who potentially loses their job. I just think, like, I love Kevin Walters as the Brisbane Broncos coach. So I'm so stoked for him that they are doing so well. And I'm a huge fan of Justin Holbrooks. And so it pains me that it seems like he's out the door. There are reports that he's literally out the door. So a loss here could be the one that triggers that. And that is a massive concern. I will definitely not be putting on my money on the Titans, although I do think they are a major danger side here who could definitely pick up the win. But yeah, it feels like if they don't, if they have another bad shit, which they've had plenty of, this could be it for Holbrook, which sucks. Like, I, it's another coach where, you know, like the Trent Barrett one, where I was like, this, I think, just needs some time. They seem like great coaches clubs that have been shithouse for a fair few years and they just needed time and yeah th this could be all the time that Justin Holbrook has one game so really really big one on Saturday night that is coming off Titans obviously having the bye but in round 16 they lost 38 to 12 against the Knights the 12th placed Knights for fuck's sake and Edric Lee scored five tries, most tries of any Newcastle player ever. Edric Lee, and this is no slight on Edric Lee, huge fan of his from way back in the day. I watched him play under 20s for the Raiders. I've always liked Edric Lee. He scored five fucking tries. Five tries. Like, ah, oh, that, that was very telling on where the Gold Coast Titans are at. 
And can they bounce back here? Like, I want to say yes, but if it goes the other way, like if one of the wingers on the Broncos side scores six tries or something, I I don't know. The Edric Lee five tries, now that I flash back to it, that was fucked up. And I've I've have a cause for concern. If you've listened to the NRL Power podcast before, you'd know that every week I have a cause for concern. And the Titans have been cause for concern for like weeks now. So yeah. Pretty, pretty grim. Let's hope they can get their shit together. My most valuable player, David Fafida, hasn't been playing Origin. He is one of the marquee men for the Titans. He's been missing the mark. Everyone's been missing the mark. But if the Titans are to have a spark and someone to break this game open, I'm going to say it's David Fafida. For the Broncos, for the first time in about three years, they are going to be returning to finals. Kevin Walters has turned the ship around. So... Now Broncos fans can get excited about this year's final series. Fantastic job by Kevin Walters. Very unfortunate to see what's happening with Justin Holbrook. And we've seen Jim Dimmick, the assistant coach. He walked out of training. Um, I think he got told he wasn't going to be renewed. They've let a couple of people go, which kind of suggests that Holbrook as well could be let go. And yeah, Dimmick just walked out. So, ah, Fuck, it is so hard to tell what happens. Like, do the, is this the kick up the ass that the Titans need to just, like, come out? And you can't, as I've said, you can't just flick a switch. So they've had the bye week to try and work things out, but you can't just, like, voila, go into perfect form. So I'm really concerned about the Titans and whether they come out and give us a response here or if they come out and have a full meltdown, I don't know. But I'm intrigued to watch. I... Always want the Titans to go well. Like, no hate on the Titans. But I'm also not a Titans supporter. So, like, I don't really care if they fucking completely melt or if they finally get the win and a response. But, gee whiz, hopefully they give us the response or at least their fans the response. So, Titans up against Broncos Saturday night. Gold Coast trying to avoid yet another wooden spoon. Their second in four years. And look, they've just been so average in attack and shocking in defense. And for my point of difference, someone that I think can absolutely romp the Titans if they are defensively shit as they have been, Katoni Staggs. I think he's in for a really big game. He's kind of overdue. There's been a few quiet weeks. I think this is the week where Katoni Staggs goes bang. So Titans better watch out. I'm going to be taking the Brisbane Broncos. Don't know if I'll include this in the Not Just a Sports Report multi. I don't know. I really don't know what to expect from the Titans. But something's kind of telling me an average performance. So maybe, I don't know, maybe it goes in the multi. Maybe it doesn't. What I do know is my prediction for Saturday night. I'm going to be taking the Brisbane Broncos over the Gold Coast Titans. Sunday. That's right, Super Sunday. We are going to be treated to three games on the Sunday, which is going to be so dope. And this one, uh, 16th place Tigers hosting the first place Panthers. Now, let me get into the Tigers first. Big talking point. Tim Sheens appointed the head coach. He's coming back as the head coach. What a curveball. Speaking of curveballs, Benji Marshall 
In 2025, he's going to take over. Next couple of years, he's going to be learning from Tim Sheens. Mind-blowing stuff. Tim Sheens taking over as the head coach. And the last time Tigers were even remotely successful was under Tim Sheens. He's got runs on the board, so I am interested to see how this goes, but not super hopeful. His end, the end to his run at the Tigers was not great. And yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But Tim Sheens does have the runs on the board. So I am excited to see how that plays out. They've moved Jackson Hastings to lock here. Or Brett Kamali has. Uh, is he Bulldogs bound? Probably. You'd have to say the lock. That fucking rogue. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to go to the Bulldogs. Panthers, they are resting their origin stars. Looking at their team, Cleary out, Luai, Yo, Martin, To'o, Crichton, and Api Corasau all going to be rested. They do not need to play them. They're sitting pretty comfortably in that first position. Looking at who comes into this Penrith side, Sean O'Sullivan and Kurt Falls in the halves. Robert Jennings on the right side in the centres, alongside Charlie Staines on the wing. And in the pack starting, we have Mitch Kenny. Matt Eisenhuth and Chris Smith, all Penrith Juniors. Looking at the Tigers team, Adam Dewey, he moves into the 5'8 position, so I think maybe Hastings is leaving, and Dewey, maybe they're just doing everything they can to keep him. I think he's best in the halves, uh, but Jackson Hastings to lock is rogue, and Joe Offahimgawi, he moves to prop. We also see James Tarmel and Ken Malmalo make their return to the Tigers side. It's business time, as I mentioned. For Tigers, their business is to not finish last. And for the Panthers, they now, with Origin done and dusted, they turn their focus onto their aspirations for back-to-back premierships. It's been a remarkable three years for the men from the foot of the mountain, and they look poised to do so. They are head and shoulders above the rest of the competition. They are most definitely the favourites to win. And it's going to be one hell of a ride. The real journey starts now. Penrith coming off the bye with an overall record this season of 16 wins and only one loss to the Eels. For the Tigers, last week they lost to the Eels and they've lost to plenty of other teams in this season as well. That's why they sit in last. So We've got first versus last. Panthers, their depth's on show. A lot of New South Wales Cup players who at other clubs would definitely be playing first grade. So really keen once again to see this depth from Penrith on display. And for the Tigers, they've made their call on the coach. Tim Sheens, Benji Marshall, presumably Robbie Farah in there somewhere as well. So Brett Kamali not getting the gig. He's moved Jackson Hastings to lock, maybe just like a fuck it, alright, if you're not going to hire me. But let's see how it goes. Can't knock it till you've tried it, right? My point of difference in this one, I have gone with Isaac Tago and Taylor May, both in the running to be this year's Not Just a Sports Report rising star, although there can only be one. So my point of difference, I think Tago and May are going to cause the Tigers a lot of headaches. Also seeing from the West Tigers, he's playing in their reserves, English international Oliver Gildart, he is off to the Dolphins next year, so that is an interesting signing. My key battle for this one is up front. Tigers middle forwards need to stand up because James Fisher-Harris, Moses Leota, Spencer Lanier, they are going to be bringing the impact. So yeah, Tigers forwards need to be up for it, no doubt. My MVP 
is the captain for the Panthers on this occasion. Dylan Edwards, one of the form players of the competition here, and they're going to be very lucky to have them. I think they've lost a lot of strike, but having Dylan Edwards still makes this Panthers side very, very dangerous. So MVP Dylan Edwards, and if the Panthers are going to lose a game, this is going to be it. But I'm going Panthers. I picked Tigers to finish last. They are sitting last. I don't see a super clear way forward for them, although at least they see a way forward for them now. And I back these guys who are in the Panthers reserves. I think all of them are really talented. They know the Penrith system like the back of their hand. They are all Panthers juniors. So I think it's going to be a pretty seamless step up and I could be very wrong. But in a case of first versus last, I'm going to take first. I, it's How can you go against the Panthers even like this? And I know the Tigers beat them last year. I'm going Panthers. I'm going Panthers, no doubt. I just don't have faith in the Tigers. Yes, they could win. No, I'm not tipping them. Prediction, Panthers to get it done on Sunday over the Tigers. I, I just think these depth players, I think they're going to step up and do their job and they have enough strike and they're playing for something. Tigers are trying desperately to avoid the wooden spoon. Jackson Hastings to lock. I, I just, I don't know what's going on at the Tigers. That's why I'm going to go Panthers. Now, do not forget, on Sunday, straight after the games, I'll be jumping into NRL Power, and I'll be reviewing all the games. So I've talked about them in this podcast, a bit of a preview, and then with hindsight, I'm going to look back on all of the action and give my thoughts on what takes place. So going to be a really fun one this weekend, the return of NRL Power on Sunday. And of course, do not forget, if you want to hear my thoughts on State of Origin 3, I have already posted that podcast. That one is good to go. And speaking of podcasts, well, let's get back into this one because there are still two games remaining in round 18. And in the second game of Super Sunday, fans are going to be in for a treat. So let's fucking sink into it, eh? Okay, now let's get into the ultimate game of round 18. In Melbourne, it is the third-placed Melbourne Storm hosting the 11th-placed Raiders on their ninth and final life in season 2022. Now, it's a big, big weekend for Melbourne. Cameron Smith is going to be honoured with a statue outside of Amy Park, as well as a stand being named after him, the Cam Smith stand. So a very big occasion for the Melbourne Storm. Equally as big an occasion, to be fair, for the Raiders who are hanging on for their life when it comes to the finals race this year. The Storm, we know they lift for milestone games. And Brandon Smith and some of the Storm players were actually at Flinders Street Station on Thursday, giving away free tickets for the game in the morning. And I was so fucking pissed off that I had to work in the morning. I was like, I just, I, I should be at Flinders Street getting free tickets. So sad about that. But as far as this game goes, I cannot wait to tune in for this one. If the Raiders lose, then their finals hopes are done. If they win, well, then all of a sudden this competition will have a big shakeup in terms of Storm, three straight losses, and Raiders, a statement victory. So plenty to look forward to in this one. There's been talk about cracks appearing for the Storm. I believe now they have set themselves to peak at the right time. That is my opinion. I think they're just too good. I don't think that, like, 
There are reasons why they haven't been going that well. Injury, probably the biggest one. They've lost a couple of key guys over the last few years. Cameron Smith, Billy Slater, Cooper Cronk. And they've rebuilt so well. So I have full faith in the Melbourne Storm. And I think they are going to peak at the right time. Whether they can win the Premiership or not, or whether they do, is one thing. But they absolutely can. Whether they do, we don't know. But they absolutely can, in my opinion. Now, looking at the teams for Melbourne, Cameron Munster is in. Didn't play in Origin, but that is a huge inclusion for the Melbourne Storm. We see that the young rookie, who's been nominated for Rising Star, but with this injury, yeah, just very unlikely he'll be able to make it anywhere near the top four, Grant Anderson. So he'd been playing pretty well, but unfortunately for him, now he's out, looks like for quite a while as well. So on the wings for the Storm, we have Nick Meany and Dean Eremia. Felice Cafusi returns from Los Angeles, I believe. Hopefully his father is well. Best wishes to Felice Cafusi and his family. He is back in this Melbourne Storm lineup. That will be another huge inclusion for them. As well as the third huge inclusion, Harry Grant has been named to back up after Origin. He will be on a high after that Queensland series win. And Storm are going to be a much better side for having Harry there. Brandon Smith is also out after the whole referee fiasco. Not what we need in our game. He's apologised, so we shan't dwell on it. But yeah, fucking like, just leave the... Yeah, like sometimes there's like fuckery with the refs. But I think it's the system as a whole rather than like the actual people. And they're human. So yeah, just fucking... Give them a break, especially at, like, junior footy and stuff. Like, for God's sake, they're, like, 16-year-olds or something. Just relax. Have things in perspective a little bit. You don't need to yell at, like, some fucking, like, 17-year-old, sometimes younger touch judge or referee. Like, they're just trying to cut their teeth. So give them a break. Very, very harsh on the refs. I try not to bash them too much. Now, let's get back to the teams. For the Raiders, Big Papa, Josh Papali'i named to back up. We see Ryan Sutton has been named at lock. And with Chance Nicole Klukstad off to the Warriors next year, the Raiders see this as an opportunity to start getting some of these really talented young guys some opportunities and minutes. So look, Xavier Savage, he is the long-term fullback. Now they are going all in on that. And we see James Schiller on the bench, who is another really prodigious young talent. And in the extended reserves, Albert Hopawati, who I'm, I'm surprised he hasn't been in the NRL for the Raiders yet over the last couple of years, but he is another one of them. So now the Raiders begin to look at some of these really exciting young stars that they have, and they're coming off the bye, so they're fresh, they've had a chance to set themselves for business time. As for the Storm, last up they were comprehensively beaten by the Sharks, in what came as a shock to many. I know some people weren't surprised. I was definitely surprised by that. Now, for the Storm, it is their premiership push. They are well and truly trying to click into gear. They have been hit so hard by injury. I mean, Christian Welch out from the very first game of the season. And that is a monumental loss. So they've lost other guys. George Jennings, who was going to be one of their starting wingers, first choice. Xavier Coates is out. Munster's missed some time, Hughes has missed some time, Pappenhausen has missed a little bit of time, now Brandon Smith is out, Felice Cafusi was out for a couple of weeks, 
So Melbourne Storm, like, yeah, there are some chinks in the armor. I think the biggest one has been when Munster or Hughes has gone down. The next man up in the halves, that has been a bit of a point of concern. But when they have Munster and Hughes, that is a premiership winning combination. So ultimately an elite spine for the Storm, but the whole team have been hit very hard by injury. Storm, second place, that's where they want to finish. They are in third at the moment, but if they finish in second place, they will get a home park, a home game at Amy Park in the first week of finals. And that is huge. From there, if they win that, then they get the preliminary final at Amy Park instead of if they finish third, having to travel potentially to Townsville, where they lost earlier this year. So there is a lot at stake. Storm, they badly need the win here. If they can get the Amy Park like back-to-back games and have a prelim at Amy Park, all of a sudden, Storm, that is a clear path to the grand final. And they're going to be tough games. I'm not saying they're going to win easily. But at least, you know, they can see a pretty clear way with the support of their home crowd to get all the way to that grand final. And then once you're in, you're in. And you can make your case as to why you are the premiers of 2022. So... Melbourne Storm, a lot to play for here. Same for the Raiders, no doubt. And the Aiming Park atmosphere is going to be incredible. These young Raiders players, well, it's going to be a test for them because Melbourne is a very hard place to play. And for the Canberra Raiders, it is simply win or go home this Sunday. So they need to step it up big time. Jack Whiten, he is going to be a key player, especially given all this talk around Origin and what happened throughout the series. And my point of difference, I'll jump onto that now, that is the Raiders' props. I think if they are to win, Josh Papali'i and Joseph Tarpanay, they are the key. They have been playing so well, specifically Tarpanay. And the Storm, they have amazing middle forwards, but the Raiders, that is their point of difference. I believe if Tarpanay, Papali'i, guys like Horsburgh and Adam Elliott really step up and have huge games, then the Raiders can genuinely come away from Melbourne this weekend with the victory. And when it comes to the victory, one of the most important aspects, the key battle, your marquee men, Cameron Munster up against Jack Whiten. For the Raiders, they play their best footy when Jack Whiten is on and when the guys around him lift to that next level. For Munster, you wanna talk about having guys around you? He is the guy but then he's got Jerome Hughes, he's got Pappenhausen, he's got Harry Grant. This team is incredible. And Cameron Munster, he leads the way. He is their marquee guy. Munster up against Whiten. Both of these guys are going to have a huge say as to the result of this game. Most valuable player? Well, you could argue Munster. You could argue Hughes. You could argue Harry Grant. I'm going to go Ryan Pappenhausen. I think the Raiders... This is a player they really need to try and shut down. Pappenhausen, like, he's next level. If he had played the full season, I reckon he could win the Deli M. He's still in the running for the Not Just a Sports Report X-Factor player of the entire season. So that is the best player in the NRL. He is hurt by the lack of games he's played. But my MVP for this one, Ryan Pappenhausen, I'm going to put him down for an anytime try scorer. In my opinion, look, Raiders cannot be any less than their best if they want to keep their season alive here. 
and the storm, they aren't out to silence the doubters. They're not going to be listening to that outside noise. They are out for a premiership tilt and to get that NRL premiership. So fucking, they better win. Raiders better win. Sounds like a pretty good game to me. And as for my prediction, I'm going to take the Melbourne Storm. I just think that Amy Park advantage, Cameron Smith, the milestone, recent form, Munster back in, guys like Justin Olam who could tear it up potentially, and their spine is just mind-blowing. So, look, Raiders, I think they're going to just make a couple of classic mistakes as they do, and Storm are going to capitalise on it. They're not going to allow them to stay in the game unless the Raiders are at their very best. So, look, I'm a huge Raiders fan, but, yeah, I just... I don't know if they can be at their best. And even if they are at their best, if the Storm are at their best, I think they'll be better. So I'm going to take the Melbourne Storm for a bounce-back victory over the Raiders. And yeah, that is going to be one of the games of the round. Speaking of great games, or uh, actually, I don't know. Nah, to be fair, this, is, this will be a great game. Let's be optimistic. It's time for the last game of round 18 at Accor Stadium. The 14th place Bulldogs up against the 7th place South Sydney Rabbitohs. Okay, last game now. Let's get into it. Bulldogs up against the Rabbitohs in what could definitely be a danger game for the very inconsistent South Sydney Rabbitohs. Latrell back on deck definitely makes a huge difference. And for the Bulldogs, Mick Potter has done a fantastic job as interim coach, turning them around in the short term. And it'll be interesting, like, if they pick up Seraldo, that'll be awesome. But Mick Potter has done his future prospects no harm with the job he's doing at the Bulldogs. Now, these two teams played each other back in or on Good Friday. I believe Trent Barrett was still the coach, and the Bunnies won 36-16. to So on recent form, you'd have to say the Rabbitohs should win this game. Whether they do that, like, we really don't know with the Bunnies. That's kind of been the theme of this season. But it's business time. That's the theme of this podcast. That is the theme for this final third of the season. I've said must win a lot, but this is must win for the Rabbitohs. If they lose this, then they could be the likely operators to make way for one of the teams outside the eight who can make a genuine run. So no doubt this is such a vital game for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. I'll look into their team. Alex Johnson is back, replacing Richie Kenner, and Mark Nichols back on deck as well. Damian Cook has been named, as has Cameron Murray, but will be interesting to see whether he plays given the head knock. If he does, he'll be a huge in, and if he's out, he'll be a really monumental out. So, interested to see how that goes. And for the dogs, Aaron Shop has been ruled out with COVID, so Declan Casey comes in, and Braden Burns makes his return to NRL in the centres, up against his former club as well. Last up, Rabbitohs beat the Knights. They conceded 28 points, so not great, but they put on 40 Still not overly convinced this new era of the Rabbitohs is kicking off with an emphatic bang. I think they're kind of trying to slowly find their feet. Although Luttrell, that is the key. Like his return gives them a chance now to get that chemistry going. Cody Walker and Damian Cook, Cameron Murray. All these guys can play off the back of that. Take into consideration as well. You have 
one of the great modern day try scorers in Alex Johnson. And Rabbitohs, look, that glue that holds it all together, in my opinion, is Latrell Mitchell. So he's been a huge out for the majority of the year. And for the Bulldogs, they had the bye last round, but wins in two of their past three games. So, yeah, Mick Potter, he's doing an all right job turning them around. Jake uh, Avarillo to fullback has been a fantastic call. I think they should roll with that long term. Matt Burton named to play in this game. You do have to wonder after such a taxing origin series and that loss, how's his headspace going to be? What are his energy levels going to be like? Especially the dogs, they're right down toward the foot of the ladder. So it will be interesting how Matt Burton's energy levels are in this. But a man whose energy levels will be high, that is Josh Adokar. I'm expecting him to have a big game. And he was the biggest, one of the biggest, or the biggest omission from that Blues side during the origin period. He's got to be in the Australian Kangaroos squad at the very least. Like, he is killing it in a struggling side. So really interested to see how Josh Adokar goes here up against the Rabbitohs. Now, we are coming very close to the end of this podcast, so... Let's get through this final part of the game. I do hope you've enjoyed. Now, talking points. Bulldogs' future. Does Cameron Seraldo coach them? Maybe a Shane Flanagan. It doesn't look like they're going to go down that path. If Mick Potter and the Dogs win here this weekend, who knows? But that is definitely a watch this space. But I am intrigued. I think the Bulldogs have a bright future. Some incredible young players. So I'm hoping the Bulldogs can turn it around. And we've seen sides like the Cowboys and the Broncos with the right coaches and the right young players with the right mix of experience, especially in that halfback position, we've seen that these teams can lift to another level. So really keen to see how the Bulldogs go going forward. And for the Bunnies, where do they stand amongst the top sides? They have to win here against a lower side. And we have a few more weeks. It's business time. So we will look back at the end of the season and know exactly where the Bunnies stand. But for now, they've got a lot of improvement to them. Wow, I've got a lot of fucking improvement in my English. Let's just segue that into my MVP, Latrell Mitchell. I spoke about his importance. He is a massive inclusion, and he's a great ball-playing fullback. He comes in, chimes in on those attacking plays, and has a great sense of when to pass, when to run, and he's powerful, very fast, very powerful. So Latrell Mitchell is my MVP for this one. Point of difference, I've gone Cody Nicarima off the bench. Off to the Dolphins next year as well. He can cover fullback, the halves, dummy half. So Cody Nicarima, I think he is vital on the bench for them. He will be massive in getting them over the line. Key battle, Matt Burton up against Cody Walker. That's going to be really exciting. As I said, wondering where Burton's energy levels are at. For the Rabbitohs, I think Cody Walker's will be high. Now he's getting a sniff of the finals just around the corner. Rabbitohs, they have not confirmed their place by any means. So Cody Walker in for a big game here, head-to-head with Matt Burton. That is my key battle for this one. And that is the NRL weekly preview. So let me finish off with my prediction on the Sunday game. I'm going to take the Rabbitohs. I think they have much more to play for. And ultimately, if they are serious about doing anything for the rest of this year, they have to get past the dogs first. So I'm taking the South Sydney Rabbitohs. That is it for the NRL preview this week. 
I do hope you've enjoyed, and if you did, do not forget this weekend, NRL Power coming out straight after the games on Sunday. I'll be talking about everything that's gone down, and as usual, the four nominations or awards, the X Factor Player of the Round, the Rising Star nomination, the Tough Stuff Award, and I'll go into my cause for concern, which a lot of the time recently, it has been the Gold Coast Titans. So I'll check back with that on Sunday. Uh, of course, you know, there's some other shit going on as well. So follow us on Instagram if you want to keep up with any UFC content, other NRL content. And I'm working on a few different things to bring to the page. Some sport related, some not sport related. Now the sports related ones, probably just more interactive content on the Instagram, more stories, polls, giveaways, something I've considered. A lot of brainstorming going on. I will say that. So Best way to keep up with the exciting new changes at Not Just a Sports Report is to follow us on Instagram at Not Just a Sports Report. And if you enjoyed the podcast today, then do remember to follow us on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. You'll be able to see whenever new content drops. And now I'm in a space, new space, where I can pump out more than ever. So as I said, a lot of brainstorming going on, plenty of fun things in the work. The next one coming up, NRL power so that'll come out straight after the games on Sunday I'll finish here by repeating my tips for the weekend so Sharks over the Cowboys I've got the Eels over the Warriors Roosters beating the Dragons what was after that Uh, we had the Seagulls beating the Knights Broncos to beat the Titans although that could be a danger game I had the Panthers to beat the Tigers another potential danger game uh, what else? We had the Storm over the Raiders, and capping off the round, Rabbitohs and the Bulldogs. So those are my tips. I'm feeling pretty confident this week. I've done a lot of extra research, so we will see how we go. But that is it for now. So until the NRL Power Podcast on Sunday, that is it. Thank you for listening, and take care of yourselves. Bye, and one last thing. Don't forget to enjoy the footy, as always.